Well, welcome to the next episode of our podcast, Indiana is Ag plus Bio plus Science. It's presented by Agrinovis Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, the host of Inside Indiana Business, also the host of this weekly podcast where we have in-depth conversations with leaders, innovators, and entrepreneurs in Indiana's ag bioscience sector. It's the sector where food, ag, science, and technology all converge. This week, excited to sit down with Matt Bechtel. Matt is the CEO of Geo Silos. Matt, welcome to the program. Welcome. Thank you very much. And I should mention, in, in full disclosure, you're also the husband of Agrinovis CEO Beth Bechtel. Uh, I, I am. Uh, <laughs> Beth and I started dating before I could legally drive, so we've been on a pretty long career path together. Oh, that's outstanding. So if uh, if she if she were here, I yes. would say that I was in ag biosciences first. <laughs> she would click, quickly retort that she, I think she, she does it better. She, she would dispute that. Okay, yes, yes, okay, yes. very good. Well, give us an introduction, Matt, because your background uh, is an interesting one. Talk a little bit about uh, how you got to where you are today. Sure, it's a, it's it's not your traditional path, which makes me a great ag biosciences person, and in some in many ways. Um, so, I started at the, the great agricultural university in Indiana, IU, uh, of all places. Um, and I was a public affairs kid. I was a SPIA kid. Ellie Sims was on your program you know, not too long ago. So, you've had at least two SPIONs uh, on the podcast. Um, but I was one credit short. I was studying public affairs and environmental science and landed in a class called Remote Sensing the Environment. And remote sensing is all about how we use satellites and cameras and sensors to monitor and measure and understand our world. And I was instantly hooked. I, to this day, I can remember the chair, the desk, mm-hmm. the room. And, and not only did I say, this is what I want to do, this is how it fits in agriculture. And I saw how it would be core in terms of spatial technologies to ag policy, to the environment, to business, to sustainability. Um, and so even though I didn't come from a farming background, I knew at that moment, and, and that's what got me started. Um, and then from there, uh, Beth and I went to Washington, D.C. She was interviewing for jobs, and I went and toured a French satellite company. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the day, uh, I had landed a full ride at George Mason University to do multi-sensor integration, which was radar and multi-spectral space-borne satellite imagery in East Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was there, would not shut up about agriculture and landed at NASA, of all places, as a geek wow. there, uh-huh. um, working in agriculture in hyperspectral analysis, parallel processing, and mobile computing. So it is not your traditional right. path. Yeah, but but you you really uh, had a vision back then for, for the role that technology and data uh, that precision agriculture, what we call that today, the role it was going to play in ag. Yeah, I I did. And I can't say what that was. I mean, I I think one of the biggest powers and I think one of the biggest um, kind of um, strategic initiatives about Agronovus, too, is that multidisciplinary nature. So I think, if anything, that multidisciplinary nature of I, I came from public affairs, I came from environmental science. And so to see that very early, I, I was very fortunate to do that. And it was a time that was very early in the science. And to see what it's done over the last 20, 25 years has been amazing. Talk about uh, your company, Geo Silos, uh, and what you do place based solutions for food and ag challenges. Sure. And, and so people look at that kind of funny and place based solutions, what does that mean? So there's a rule of thumb that 80% of all data is geospatial. You can map it. So even a phone number, that prefix corresponds to a geography. Your address, I can put a point on the map, just like you do in Google Maps. Uh, But in agriculture, because we're dealing with natural resources, even more of that is spatial. And so there's a special set of of tools in my toolbox that I use to leverage geography as a driver of analytics. So what GeoSilos does is it really focuses on strategic planning, strategic communications, and strategic analysis all driven by spatial analysis. Mm-hmm. 
As you look at uh, precision agriculture, mapping, uh, informatics, you've seen that evolution uh, over the last 20 years. Why, in your view, is data such a big deal in ag today? Why does it matter? In some ways, so for being the tech geek, I'm going to say that it's really not new. I mean, it's something that we've been doing for centuries. We've been learning as much as we can about the land, uh, about the markets, about our customers, trying to leverage that information and, and turn it into something more valuable. What's changed is computing has gotten faster and cheaper and more ubiquitous. It's 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 everywhere. Um, but really, it kind of goes back to a little bit of the, the business school mentality of, of you can't manage what you don't measure. And at the end of the day, this is about data-driven decisions. So that's at the farm level, that's at the uh, firm level, that's at the market level. And so now that we're in this era of data-driven um, agriculture, data is the fuel. Uh, data is the modern ag commodity, as I call it, um, which means we have to value add that commodity to turn it into something valuable. As you think about that, data is so important to modern agriculture, uh, but it has to uh, have that return on investment, that bottom it has to pencil out. How have the cost, the cost and the returns of these digital technologies really changed in your view over the last 20 years? Sure. And, and so it's really interesting. So uh, this month is the five-year anniversary of a multi-client study I did with Informa Economics. And at the time, I went with this grand thesis. And that thesis was um, data-driven agriculture is exploding. Data is becoming a modern ag commodity. Um, we are seeing it throughout the value chain. Um, but we are about to experience a massive collapse in commodity prices. So the ultimately, the question was, is, is it going to be a big data or a big bust? And what we have seen, and we're here today, talking about the power of ag biosciences that is clearly now a mission critical part of agriculture. But as you think about the ROI question, man, that's a really slippery one. So many of these firms got into this not having the first clue what they were going to get out. They just knew that it could be a source of comparative advantage. They also knew that keeping up the Joneses was going to be pretty important while they figured it out. But, but let's talk about it at the farm level. So our family farms, we farm a couple thousand acres of corn, beans, and wheat. We suffer that ROI question too. And, and the trouble has been for many of these firms that have come from both coasts to the Midwest is that they haven't really understood the culture of agriculture and what that means. So, for example, um, technology like auto guidance and tractors, that's a really quick ROI. It allows me to be more efficient, more repeatable, it lessens my impact. That's a no-brainer. I get my money back. Let's talk about drones and imagery. Very exciting, can be very powerful in the right hands. But, you know, I can look at an x-ray and see that my arm is broken, but I need help with that CT scan or that MRI. So you need some extra expertise. And then you can think of the really long-term stuff like soil health and sustainability. Th those are hard challenges. And so the bar moves from grower to grower about what defines ROI. ROI might for me for one farmer, I want to pay off on my yield tomorrow. And tomorrow it might be, I want my next three generations to farm. And so I need to make a decision today that's going to pay off in 60 years. Is there too much data out there for farmers? You know, do, 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 is there, are there some out there who say, gosh, there's just so much data out there. I, I don't know what to do with it. It's, it's, it's just, it's too much. Yeah, there's the paralysis analysis kind of, of thing that's happening. And, and so, is there too much data? No. Is there too little of the right data? Yes. So, one of the things that I say very, very often is, is that we, so think, think of a student or think of a researcher, and you're trying to make the best with the data you have. 
and in the era of big data or the data-driven agriculture, we need to start thinking about what new data that we, do we need that we've never had before. And then in turn, we have to ask, answer new questions. So just because we have the data doesn't mean we can rely on old questions. And that's what's so exciting about what's emerging as a, as a real strength in this state is our ability to bring talent to the table mm -hmm. from a multidisciplinary world, from IU, from Huntington, from Ivy Tech, from Purdue, and really say, how do we answer new questions with new data? And that was my next question is talent. Uh, and whether you're talking about the ag biosciences or manufacturing, IT distribution, whatever the case might be, all sectors of the economy are searching for that talent. As you look specifically in the ag bioscience space and, and when it comes to technology and innovation, um, talk a little bit more about the importance of talent and the pipeline that exists in Indiana and how to, how to get more out of that pipeline. Yeah, so let's go back to the, the the modern ag commodity kind of idea for a second. So w when you take a commodity, how do you turn that into something valuable? You, you value added. It goes through that process. So if you want to translate the new modern ag commodity, which is data, into what we really want, which is dollars, it's going to take a lot of talent to do that translation. And so the reality is, though, we're competing with the rest of the world, to your point. And so it, it used to be as simple as saying that the co-op is competing for the next salesperson or the next agronomist. So Corteva is competing against Microsoft for that talent now. Mm -hmm. And um, and the next company is, is against Google, and we're competing against each other. And so if you think about it from a pure MBA perspective, that's the classical buy versus build. So what we've been seeing in the industry in the last few years is massive activity in M&A. And why? Well, one, technology. But two, some bold companies are saying, you know what, this is a talent grab. This has nothing to do with the technology. We just can't find the people. So if we don't start spending a tremendous amount of effort reaching further and further back to younger and younger students, telling them the ag biosciences story, mm -hmm. we'll never get them because the rest of the world will be able to attract them somewhere else. As we wrap up, uh, the role that Agronovas can play, certainly talent is one piece of that. But to have an organization that, that was formed a few years ago and, as, as I observed, was quickly um, accepted by, by the ag community, the, the, the business community and others, what role can Agronovas play in this, this whole process for talent and, and the other important uh, elements in the equation? So I'm biased, and Beth right. probably you know wants <laughs> right. 18 talking points in my head. So, but I'll, I'll be bold and be independent. But I mean, I think there's a couple of things. One, we're bringing these people together, and so the idea of of being done, being humble, we've got to tell yeah. our story, and we've got to bring these multidisciplinary interactions together. So it's not you know the the blue room that happened at the National FFA. That's wonderful. But how do we take a blue room to middle school kids in Newcastle or Auburn or Laporte? How do we start telling them the stories of not not just what we do, but why we do it. The passion that the people that are in this program or in the ag biosciences have for why they do what they do is compelling. The fact that we can tell them that they have wonderful career opportunities, they're technology driven, that they can save the world, that they can bring people out of poverty, that they can truly change the world in terms of how we look at things are compelling arguments for young people today. So I think Agronovus can not only bring the conversations of those within the field together, but also force that conversation earlier and earlier in the cycle. Matt Bechtold is the CEO of Geo Silos. Matt, thanks for some really tremendous insights. Uh, you're a great ambassador for the ag biosciences in Indiana. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. And thank you for joining us uh, on this season two of Indiana is Ag plus Bio plus Science. It's a weekly production partnership between Agronobis Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.
This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick, produced by Libby Fritz and Joe Ullery, and was recorded on location at Launch Fishers. More people get Indiana Business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.